Today, of course, all the readings deal with being a prophet. Uh, we talk about Jeremiah in the Old Testament and they tried to kill him. We talk about Jesus in the New Testament, both in the letter to the Hebrews and in the gospel today, when he says, I have come to set a fire. And oh, if there's ever a need for a fire. You know, again, last night, yesterday I had a wedding at St. Jude's and then I had a drive down to Greensburg. And when I was in Greensburg, I just went to the, the Friday mass there with the, uh, the pastor I've known a long time because the people I were gonna do the baptism for, who I married seven years ago at that parish, were there. And so all these people, a Baptist from Grace Baptist was there and uh, uh, really an atheist, agnostic, it was there from Chicago. And after, we're sitting there at the uh, reception, if you will, at the house, and they just start on me. You know, why is it, Father, that you Catholics are deadly? You know, if they only, <laughs> that mass was so deadly. And I says, I know, it's amazing we have anybody to tell you the truth. If that's what I had to go through. But see, Jesus came to sit there and set a fire on the earth. And the fire has to begin in the churches, in the Catholic Church, first of all, and it has to be started with us. You know, again, most people, most Catholics, as I've been gone most of the summer and trying all these different parishes, most people don't want to be bothered. Just let me do my thing, Father. Let me be a cultural Catholic. Let me show up, put my time in, and walk out, and don't bother me. That's why they're dead. They go through the motions. And so what Jesus Christ come to do, he says, listen, I've come to set a fire, but I'm going to start the fire in you. And so each of us, by virtue of our baptism, we're baptized a prophet. And a prophet is much more than what we just have here every week that my children, I love you. It's listen, get off your butt and start doing stuff because people are dying around you. That's prophecy. It's not letting people stay in their complacency, but challenging them out of it and saying, listen, people are dying, and you're sitting there doing nothing but, oh, I love you. We are called to be prophets. And again, one of that way to be a prophet is to comfort the afflicted and afflict the comfortable. We're called to sit there and make people a little uneasy with us. Jesus said that uneasiness will be so real that father will be against son, son against father, mother against daughter, daughter, because isn't it true when someone finally takes fire? Like, for instance, I'm in charge of tech, huh? Spiritual director for tech. When a kid goes on tech and they finally come to know that Jesus Christ is alive, and they come home. I get calls from parents. Is your place a cult? My kid comes home and he's talking about Jesus all the time. He's praying every day. He wants to go to Mass every Sunday. Oh, cult. Father against mother, mother against father against son, son against father. Why is it that when someone finally comes to know Jesus Christ and they start living that way, the people oppose them immediately. You know why? Because people don't want to be challenged. That means if my kid's that way, I might have to become that way. I don't want to become a Jesus freak father. Let me just put my time in. But see, each of us got to sit there and think, am I a person that's on fire 
do I cause, just by my living my Christianity, the reality of who I belong to? Does everybody know at work, where you work, that you're a Catholic? If someone was to say, hey, what religion are they? Would they could they easily say about you, oh, he's a Catholic or she's a Catholic? Instantly, not in your face, boom. Or is it very private to you? You know, hey, me and my relationship with Jesus is very private. It darn well better not be. Better be personal, but not private. And so when we do that and someone knows, you know, it's always funny again. You know, I'm pretty in your face because I'm a priest, I guess. And I wear my clerics a lot. Last Wednesday I didn't and I heard about it. You know, but I'm wherever I am. You know, if I walk into a crew and there I am in my full collar, everybody, it causes friction. Oh, I just can't be the way I'm supposed to be now, they say. I say, no, 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 no. You're called to be the way Jesus wants you to be no matter where you are. And if I'm going to cause you problems just by me being there, then there's a problem with the way you're living. What we are called as prophets to do is speak the truth in love not in condemnation. But that means our very presence should be a challenge to other people. The very presence, the very life I live should be a challenge to other people. To not let them stay in their complacency. When Jesus says, I've come to set that fire, is that fire inside of me and you? You know, listen to the Hebrews, and listen, let's go to the book of Hebrews today. This was the second reading, chapter 12. I love Hebrews chapter 12. <laughs> this is when it talks about the discipline. We don't get into it. It's the next line in today's, if you listen to today's reading. But it says in the beginning, 12, chapter 1, those who have two Bibles, 1337, page 1337. It says, therefore, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, who is that great cloud of witnesses? The saints who have gone before us. Now, you do realize, I don't think I've ever read a biography of a saint who hasn't had problems, right? <laughs> Every saint was persecuted. And they were normally persecuted, not by the world, but by who? The church, yeah. Because when people are saints and trying to get other people to be alive, the people that are mediocre are going, oh no, oh no, we got to get rid of this one. Not because I don't want to be challenged. I don't want to be called to be holy. I just want to put my time in and go to heaven. Don't tell me to live Christianity 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I'll become a nut. Let's hope. Then it says, so let us rid ourselves of every burden of sin that clings to us and persevere in running the race that lies before us. So first of all, to be a prophet, what you and I got to do is deal with our own sinfulness. Any kind of sin I have in my life, I've got to deal with it and get rid of it. And again, most people are comfortable with their sin. You know, this is the way I am, or, you know, and again, I, I can't believe sometimes I talk to people and say, I can keep sinning because, you know, Jesus died for me, and I'm just a redeemed sinner, so I'm going to keep on sinning. Well, that's not what the Word of God says. The Word of God says, get rid of all sin in your life. That's what the Word of God says. It doesn't sit there and say, oh, just make peace with your sin. No, it doesn't. See, when I've been gone for a while, I can get a little excited here. Anyway, so then it says, get rid of every sin and persevere in running the race that lies before us while keeping our eyes fixed on who? 
The world, the flesh, and the devil. Who? Jesus. That every day when I wake up, what I got to do is make sure my eyes start on Jesus and continue on Jesus through the rest of the day. Not the world, not television set, not what everybody else is thinking I should do. What you and I, to be a true prophet, must keep our eyes focused on Jesus at work, at home, at play. To keep my eyes focused on Jesus. Because look it, if you and I are focused on Jesus, when people look at us, what are they going to look at? Jesus. They're going to say, what are you looking at? Jesus. Oh, and they're going to look the same way. But when I'm looking at myself or my sports team or everything else, I take their directions and I take their focus on other things. Or I can take their focus and put it on me. Each of us got to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. And then it says, For the sake of the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame, and has taken his seat at the right throne of God. Listen. When you and I come to be prophets, there's going to be a cross. There's going to be suffering. Why? Because again, if you jump to John chapter 15, verse 18, it says, if the world hates you, it hated me before you. That somewhere our very presence should make the world hate us. We love the world. But we challenge it because I'm going to deal with my own sin. I'm going to get rid of my sin. Notice it doesn't say the world's sin. It talks about my sin first. I have to deal with my sin. Then I'm going to keep my eyes focused on Jesus. When I do that, I'm going to be persecuted. Just as Jesus was persecuted to death. Just as Jeremiah, they said, okay, we're tired of listening to you, Jeremiah. And they threw him in a cistern to kill him and finally got him. That to be a prophet, means we're going to shake up the apple cart. And it's going to be by our very lives that we shake up that apple cart. You know, another great saint, soon to be a saint, is Pier Giorgio. Anybody here of Pier Giorgio? Pier Giorgio died at 24. And he was an Italian layman. He wanted to get married and everything else. He was very much an athlete and everything. And Pier Giorgio, it says, his biographer said, that whenever he walked into a room, everybody had to change. They could not stay the way they were just by his presence. Because his presence would not allow any kind of thing that offended God. Could people say that about me and you? That just when our very presence in the room will change the way the room is. It'll change it because... Oh, I can't say that around them. They're a Jesus freak. Ha! We're not called to be Jesus freaks. We're called to be Jesus lovers. But let me tell you something, people. Everybody here is a freak for something. It might be football. It might be baseball. It might be your high school. It might be whatever it is, your family. Everybody here is a freak for something. And yet God calls us to be a freak for him. Are we freaks for Christ? Am I a prophet of Almighty God? Has that fire that Jesus came to be sent, is that fire, fire in me? And if not, then what i got to do is listen to Hebrews, deal with my sin, keep my eyes focused on Jesus, and preach the truth. And know that you and, when you and I do that, we're not doing it alone. 
There's a cloud of witnesses before us that are praying for us, that are cheering us on. They're saying, go for it. And the purpose, of course, isn't to stand in judgment of anybody. It's to get everybody to heaven. That got to be our goal, that everybody I know, it's not just to be a prophet for prophet's sake. It's not just to be holy so I can be holy. It's so that everybody I know will go to heaven someday. Everybody, everybody, we want everybody there. And so what we got to do is make sure that everything we do is to reach that ultimate goal, all of us in heaven. You got it? You get it? Good. May each of you know his love today and forever. Amen.